Hey, what it do, sports fans? Welcome to the Sports Live podcast brought to you by Multimedia Live. I'm Sboom Jigeli, so your host, and I will be joined by various guests on this exciting new podcast to discuss the latest ins and outs of the sporting world. The football season is around the corner, so you could feel the fever when Kaiser Chiefs and Orlando Pirates served up a taster of what's to come when they clashed in the Carling Black Label last Saturday. Of course, Pirates took the honors on the day 2-0, thanks to goals from Augustin Mulenga and Tembink Osi Lorch. The man can do no wrong at the moment. The Lorch goal was in fact a stunner from outside the box. And it made him an instant nominee for our Playmaker of the Week. But we'll get to that a little later. Chiefs did have some moments in the game of their own. But Lazarus Kambule, their new striker from Zambia, had an early candidate for miss of the season when he skied a low cross. And it looked easier for him to tap into an empty net. I don't know how much can be read from the Carling Cup in terms of permutations for the ABSA Premiership season, which kicks off this weekend. But the Buccaneers look damn good. The new strip is very eye-catching and they have the football to match. I think they'll be Bookie's favorites to win the league or at least one trophy after finishing second to Sundowns last season. But the defending champions, Mamelodi Sundowns, will have plenty to say about that, especially if they get Kamabilia to return from Kaiser Chiefs, whom they are rumored to be courting. That would be huge for the Brazilians, but we will see how that story develops. For for Kaiser Chiefs, though, I'm not sure what they can do to improve on their recent season form. They've not won the league in four years and suffered the humiliation of finishing outside the top eight and losing the Ned Bank Cup final to TS Galaxy. We all remember that game. There's lots to ponder if you're in a management seat at Naturena. The Springboks pulled another rabbit out the hat when they got a 16-all draw against the All Blacks in Wellington last Saturday. It seems like the boys can start buying property in Wellington now. It's become their second home, of course. The Springboks got victory against the All Blacks in Wellington last year. Bok coach Rassi Erasmus has got a win, a draw, and a defeat against the All Blacks since he took over from Alistair Kutsia. So, there must be something that he's doing right. It's pretty much the same team that Alistair Kutsia had, but he has given belief to guys like Elton Yanchis, Fock de Klerk, Jesse Creel, many of whom played under Alistair, but were definitely not putting in these kinds of performances. Add to that... He gave good playing opportunities to players like Cheslin Colby, who didn't even make the Springbok team under Alistair, and he has been rewarded quite handsomely. And in that time, a player like Peter Steph Dutoy, who has played at blindside flanker since the Henneker Mayor days, has never looked this good or this settled in the back row. Andy Good even tweeted that it's time to pencil the box in as World Cup challenges, something that nobody would have said a year ago. The box have three matches left before the World Cup starts, two against Argentina, one of which is in Salta next weekend, and at Loftus on August 17th, and a warm-up game against Japan on the 6th of September, just before the start of that Japan showpiece. We will have a special preview show before the World Cup, so you don't want to miss out on that. I don't want to jinx it, but your boy, 
might be in Japan for the World Cup. So I will be bringing you great content from there. In the meantime, you can follow all the content that I put up on Twitter. I'm Spoo underscore Mjigeli. So that's at S-B-U underscore M-J-I-K-E-L-I-S-O. Tune in to Cargumentative every Monday morning on Times Live Motoring. You can join myself, Thomas Faulkner, and my regular gang of automotive misfits as we discuss motoring news, views, and of course, have a cargument or two. That's Cargumentative only on Times Live Motoring. To advertise on the Sports Live podcast, email us at smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. Now, I can't wait till I say this is the Sports Live podcast brought to you by, this is your name, your entity, your brand, right after the Sports Live podcast. That's smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. Smiths, S-M-I-T-H-S at T-I-S-O-B-L-A-C-K-S-T-A-R.co.za. Now let's get to some formalities before I introduce our special guest for the week and it's an extra special guest. I know I say this every week but my goodness this one's good. And we are getting into the upset and the playmaker of the week. I will again adjudicate the awards this week so I am judge, jury and executioner. All right. My upset of the week goes to Pretoria Boys High School beating Afi's 38-21 last weekend. It is their first victory against uh, cross train tracks rivals Afi's since 2008. And before then, their previous victory was in 03. Before that 03 victory, it was about 18 years prior. So this is a huge deal. I'm not biased because I went to Boys High. This is this is not Boys High bias. But believe me, this result is huge in schoolboy rugby. But anyway, yeah. Upset of the week definitely goes to Boys High beating Afis. John Smith, Chili Boy Ralapele, Joey Mungalo, all those guys will definitely enjoy this result. I'll tell you that for sure. Let's get to the playmaker of the week. We spoke about the stunner that Tembinko C. Lodge had outside the box beating Bruce Vuma uh, of Kaiser Chiefs during the Carling Cup on Saturday. What a goal. Brilliant goal following up on his form that he had for Bafana Bafana at the Africa Cup of Nations. That's Tembinko C. Lodge. But I have to give my playmaker of the week to Herschel Yanchis for the match-tying try against the All Blacks in Wellington. In the lead-up to that try, however, this Cheslin Kobe, the winger, has to get a special mention uh, for creating that opportunity. But someone needed to finish it. The ball wasn't easy. There was a little bit of a juggling act between himself, uh, Aaron Smith, who was chasing for the All Blacks, trying to prevent the try, as well as Peter Steftutoid, who somehow managed to keep up with play. But Herschel Yanchis managed to get that ball over the line and score the try that gave the Springboks a thrilling 16-all draw there. So, well done, young man. Another brilliant performance in the Springbok green and gold. 
Right, my special guest for this week is another athlete I have huge admiration for. For one, I think legacy-wise, she will go down in South African sporting history as one of those that had a huge impact on their sporting disciplines. Players like Siakolisi, Bongimsomi, Nomsebenzi, Totobe, Minion, Duplessis and the like. She is the vice captain for the Proteus Women's Hockey National Team and a girls-only project ambassador. On top of all that, she's a chartered accountant with PwC. Pumelela Mbande, welcome to the Sports Live podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Sue. How was that yeah. intro? Is that the best intro you've ever had? It's the greatest ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me stop beating my own drum for a few seconds. Um, tell me how it's been since you guys came back from Valencia. Obviously, not the result that you guys wanted. You went down to Spain, I think, in the semis, 1-0. Very, very close game, and they were the hosts as well. Um, how was how's the trip, and, and how has it been since you came back? Um, I think Valencia was quite an exciting part of my journey in SA Hockey. Yeah. Um, it was obviously the first uh, tournament that I'd been part of the lead top leadership. Okay. And also just, it was a new side um, compared to the sides that I've been in, completely new side, new management, very exciting setup. Um, and I think the best part was the t- the quality of hockey we played. Okay. And I think that's why I was so disappointed. I took the the final place in quite hard yeah. um, on a personal level, just because I thought we had such a good build up. Um, we were in such a good space as a team. And then, as you said, we lost one nil. Um, who did you club eight nil? Uh, eight nil. Eight or seven nil? Didn't you win one seven one or seven? There was one game where you guys just um, blew your opponents right out of the water. I'm just trying to think. It's actually all, of the, <laughs> all I remember from this last tournament is Spain and Italy. Yeah. Um, Those I, were the, the two toughest games the, yeah. that you guys had, and they were the two okay. games that we lost in the end. I'm trying to think now. I know who you're talking about. It just it's not coming to mind right now. No, that's all right. Um, but yeah, so I think the one nil in the semi final, the last eight minutes of the game was quite tough, um, and then in the next day we lost again in our third and fourth playoff against a team that we'd actually beaten in the pool stages um, and we had plenty mm. chances in the game we had one like bad 10 minutes yeah. in a chaka and then we sort of lost it there so it was quite disappointing and really hard to come back from um, but more than anything I'm really excited about the future of SA Hockey I think we're in a good space at the okay moment. what does this mean for uh, Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games though um, so, <laughs> according to SASCOC requirements, we needed to come top two in this tournament okay. or um, progress to the next phase of the tournament. So, there's a, a last leg end um, in like November this year. Okay. So, we needed to progress to that. And the way to progress, the easiest way to progress is to come top two at this last tournament right, right, and right. win Africa. So, we're going into Africa mid-August. Have to so, win we, that. we have to win that. And then there could still be a, a wild card placement to the next okay. round in November. So, Oof. we sort of need to wait to see. Ah, it's squeaky bum time, man. Why do you guys do this to us, no. though? Like, we get this in soccer, we get this in rugby, we get this in cricket. And now in hockey as well, it's like... We like to keep things exciting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> it's never boring in South African sport. But give me a little bit of background about you. You were born in Ntata, I believe. Uh, weirdly enough, from the same part of Ntata as Sanani Mangisa as well, who is also a former uh, South African hockey goalkeeper, played a hundred, more than a hundred mm. games for South Africa. Yeah. Sanani, also a friend of mine. Um, how weird was that? 
Very weird. Um, Itabas is a tiny village in Tata, so never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> easy there. Yeah. Yeah. So quite odd. Um, our parents grew up. Our parents are from the same generation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, I think they went to the same junior school. Yeah. Um, so yeah, quite odd. And also, I mean, Sonani also went to high school in Peter Maritzburg, which I did as well. We didn't go to the same school, but same right, provincial right, place, right. placement in high school. You went to Carter High, I believe. I did. I did. Best school mm. ever. <laughs> okay, the Jewish, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, so born in Umtata in the Eastern Cape. Right, Moved right. to KZN when I was about 10 years old. Okay. Um, there's a tiny school in Ekopo, which is like between Coxstad and Maritzburg. I know, Opo. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So I went to primary school then, that's where I started playing hockey. Okay. Um, finished in grade seven and then moved on to Carter and then went on to Tux, best university ever. <laughs> okay, no arguments there. Um, the hockey thing, how did that come about? Um, I'd actually never even heard of the sport when I lived in Tata. Mm. Um, and when I moved to Ekopo, to Linford, uh, second term, it was a compulsory winter sport. Um, and you I couldn't play rugby? No, we couldn't <laughs> play rugby. There wasn't even any netball. Um, yeah, and I went out on the field one day and they said, do you need to play? Uh, I saw the goalkeeper kit and I was like, that's going to be me. Because <laughs> you wanted to cover every inch of your body, I presume. Exactly. Very, I think hockey is a very dangerous sport. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. My sister plays hockey at Hudson Park in East London. Mm. And boy, I'm terrified for her. But, you no, know. it's a lot. Goalkeepers are the smartest people on the field, let's be real. All right, cool. <laughs> then we have the smartest person on the field right here, right now. So, um, the journey to becoming a um, Proteus international. We know hockey is not professional in South Africa, unfortunately, even though there are improvements with the Premier Hockey League and a lot of games getting broadcast. It's kind of a slow and steady kind of um, improvements in South African hockey, but a lot like netball. The people are just only getting in tune with the broadcasting of it, and and I I spend a lot of time covering the Ikasa hearings about, you know, the public broadcasting space, and I got to learn a lot about what's gone wrong in the past, mm. where the public broadcasters had the rights to show free hockey, free netball, and just opted not to, which yeah. I found diabolical. And now they're crying foul that the rights have gone elsewhere <laughs> to, to pay TV, but that's neither here nor there. Just your journey, your personal journey, how do you get spotted and how do you then uh, rate yourself as an international when there isn't really a professional league or a professional landscape uh, from where players can get scouted? So the biggest part of uh, national squads from under 16 level right up to senior women's is IPT. So okay. it's an interprovincial tournament. Um, from a school level, you go to trials for your provincial mm. level, and then you make a provincial team, and those teams all come together to play in a tournament. Um, I don't know if you've heard of PFT, but as uh, players for transformation, yeah. that's one of the things we're actually trying to address to say okay. one tournament once a year isn't big enough uh, a chance mm. for players to be scouted. So um, it is a little bit of a practical thing as well that uh, you want to have the same people scouting across the country, which would mean if you're scouting at club level, for example, then mm. you have to have people traveling across the country, selectors to have a look. Travel at, look. Yeah, for, for a fair fair process exactly yeah. so we're trying to keep the variables as as equal as possible mm, mm. um so maybe in the distant future i don't know how practical it is right now to get that done but it, it would be better if we could be scouted at yeah. club level because then you're seeing people play consistently throughout the year as yes. opposed to one tournament mm. that could be made or broken by 
something going wrong that we I mean there's injuries as well like exactly. if someone's injured doesn't make that tournament they they immediately disqualified or you could find that they can consistently perform over a sustained period of time exactly and that's one of the things that you guys want to see uh, changed but the other thing is you want to see more players of color um, or black players in mm. in South African hockey and you were very vocal in that and what's changed since you spoke to new frame whom I write for I have to mm-hmm. put in a, a little humble brag <laughs> that I write for new frame as well um, <clears throat> What's changed since you spoke to New Frame about really, because no one really thought that, I mean, since, I think since the men's hockey team was denied a place in the 2000 uh, Sydney Olympic Games, no one's really put a microscopic view on the transformation of South African hockey, least of all in the women's game. Mm. Everyone's just left the women's game to its own devices Mm. and just focused on the men's game. But it seems like um, you, as one of the people in there, you're hugely affected by the transformation landscape um, thereof. So what's it been like since? Um, so the biggest thing, or the biggest reason for PFD coming to life is the fact that we realise, especially like you've mentioned, the men's team couldn't go to Sydney in 2000 because mm. of transformation. And we expected it to have maybe happened organically from between then and last year. Yeah. And it obviously didn't happen. So that's why we took a like a purposeful stance or mm. action. Mm. Um, in terms of what's changed since I last spoke to Newframe, I think the biggest thing is probably the relationship between SA Hockey and PFT. Okay. Um, it's a lot more, um, it's a lot less conflicted. Right. Um, so in the past, uh, because of things that had happened building up to the Indaba that we had at the beginning of the year, yeah. there was a lot of distrust and a lot of feeling a little bit like we were wasting time, a lot of talking but not action. Mm, mm. Um, and that resulted in a lot of negative I don't know energy between the two between yeah. the two um, groups. So I think the difference now is that we have a working relationship with SA Hockey. PFT is actually meeting with the president, the new president of South African Hockey, Dion Morgan, this coming Sunday at PHL, just okay. to discuss um, the dynamics around what's actually um, happened in PHL this last this first weekend, and also just where things are going because the last discussion we had was that we're setting deadlines for the end of July, which is in like a week's time, not mm. even. Um, those deadlines I don't think will be met because one of the things that needed to happen there was um, road shows across the country at the different um, hockey hubs, so to speak. Which are? Like the different uh, member Mains. bodies, okay. so yeah. border, eastern right. province. So to have um, those just the, basically the same setup that we had at the Ndaba, but at a provincial level because okay. it doesn't help we fix it at the top because those are the feeder bodies into South African hockey. Um, so that deadline obviously won't be met because they have what we have five days before those Ndabas need to happen across the country. Yeah. That obviously isn't going to happen. So that's one of the biggest things that we as PFT know that transformation isn't going to happen overnight and we can make all the we can list everything that we want and we can say SA Hockey must have all all the numbers in the teams but it's not as easy as that and then if if we do set it up like that it becomes a box ticking exercise so We're quite disappointed that the deadlines aren't going to be mm. met, but we're hoping that something's going to come from the meeting with Dion on Sunday. Um, I do think SARK is a lot more positive in terms of their outlook on making a change. It just it now needs to translate into something. We 
we yet to see what that something is. <laughs> Can players for transformation translate into something for other sports, perhaps? Maybe rugby, huge sticking point. Cricket, same thing. And transformation, I don't mean like black, white. I mean the women's game, equal pay for for women. Um, football as well. You're seeing a Banyana team qualify for the World Cup. Bafana, not, not quite. <laughs> doing that. But when you look at the discrepancies in salaries, you look at there's no uh, professional league. Yeah, they say it's coming, but what's it going to look like? What are the sponsors? What are the salaries going to look like? So, yeah, where can you take this? That's a short question. Um, I think to answer your question, your initial question, it yeah. can definitely translate into other sports. Yeah. The biggest challenge, I think, is players fearing being victimized. Right, right. Um, that was a huge concern for us as PFT. Um, but that's a risk we were willing to take. And I, I think we have a lot of power as players. We, a lot can be changed mm, by players mm. coming together. The, the thing is that people need to be willing to take that risk. Okay. And we need to realize that you, you do put your career at stake. But when you think about the bigger picture and what could come from those conversations and mm, that effort mm. being a joint effort, it's massive. Um, and I think if enough people have the conversation, and enough people in good positions, and yeah. I put that in inverted commas because um, in the past we've had players that have retired and then spoken up, mm, but mm. by then it's almost too late because people are very quick to say, oh, you, you, you're a bit bitter or you still want the attention or whatever the case is. I think players that are currently in the system and that are playing really well and whatever the case may be, like just involved in the setup, have a lot more power than they realize. And I think if we as those players came together, we can make a massive change across all the sports. I believe you can. I mean, I think in the short time that uh, PFT has existed, the fact that you've gotten the federation to take you seriously for one and want to sit across the table from you and discuss these kind of issues, that's A, that's acknowledging that there are problems uh, within the sport and they need to be addressed. Um, whereas sometimes you find that some federation prefer to pretend that there are no problems. Yeah. So you guys, just by highlighting the issues, that's a huge stride. Maybe by the time you've retired, it might take another generation of players to really affect the kind of change that you really, really want to see. I mean, we're only seeing Sia Kolisi kept in the Springboks now, but mm -hmm. the transformation conversation been going on for at least a century. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it could it could take a while. What what sort of legacy would you like to leave in in a South African hockey? Uh, I know. Your predecessor played a hundred caps, and and she's gone on and and built a um, a great name brand, and also just as an ambassador for uh, black female athletes. I think Sanani has been brilliant at that. I'm not just saying that because I know her personally, but I think the mere fact that you know you're a hockey player and you see a black woman there who's played 100 games and who isn't just a, a token uh, appointment to that role gives you belief as a, a, a young girl that, heck, I can go and play there and, and be recognized as a, as a good player, you know? Um, yeah, <laughs> your legacy, talk, talk me through that. I think um, my legacy, or I know my legacy, or the legacy that I want to leave is that I don't want players that come after me to face the challenges that I've faced being mm. in the setup. Um, so if I can make Such a difference. <laughs> <laughs> it's a number of things. Yeah. It's it's a number of things. For one, being the only black player in a national women's team in mm. 2018 is a lot. Um, 
and it comes with a lot of different things. I mean, right. the, in the last six months that I've been on the site, it's been completely different. Mm. Um, something as small as being able to have a chat in your own language in a team makes a difference. Mm. Have people, uh, I mean, I remember walking through Spain singing Amaguijo. That's something I've what? never been able to do. Are you serious? With so that's, yeah. that's something I've never been able to do before. And that that makes you feel like you're part of something mm. in a team. Mm. Um, and it's something very small and someone who maybe isn't black or isn't Kosa or, or doesn't, doesn't, can't have Iguijo resonate with them, won't really understand it. But it's nice to feel at home in your own team. Yeah. It makes a difference. So um, things like that, things like as simple as game time. Right. Um, we've had massive challenges with the, with that, not just at a national level, but um, at, a, at a provincial level, at a PHR, where mm. players of color aren't getting game time and they're not getting feedback to say you aren't getting game time because you may be not playing well. This is where you can improve. Mm. It's, it's little things like that, that if your stats not looking good, then surely that should translate into actually playing yeah. because that's what you had to do and if you're doing it well why not be allowed to do it so it's it's things like that that I say um, with a young player coming into the team I mean Unomni Gelo's just come in now and she's mm -hmm. she's got I think eight caps and I hope that she knows that she can come to me and say Pums I'm struggling with this can you help me how do I address this um, I would have loved to have a little bit more of that in the past um, and to, to have a little less fear around discussions relating to transformation yeah um, I have to ask you this, uh, your involvement, uh, your ambassadorship with the Girls Only Project. Tell me about Girls Only Project, who are they? And your involvement, I saw a clip that you posted about mental health mm -hmm. and promoting mental health awareness, especially in sports, which you know affects a lot of sports, men and women, and the understanding around it isn't exactly as advanced as probably a lot of people would like. Um, yeah, tell me, tell me about that. So Girls Only Project is just uh, a project that was started by Kirsten van Yerden. Yeah. Um, and it's just to create a platform for women in sport to be able to discuss and face challenges together and help each other through different things. So these different portfolios for the different ambassadors um, and as an ambassador or yeah, as an ambassador, you get to decide what you want to address. Oh, so you... I, I picked, picked mental health mental because health it's, a, it's been a, a massive struggle for me. Right. Um, I struggled with depression and anxiety for quite a while now. Um, it just all around in life but it's now mm. just affected my hockey as well um, and my biggest thing is to sort of remove the stigma around it and because I've realized over time that there's actually a lot of people who struggle with it in sport and mm. um, we just don't always speak about it because you don't want to be perceived as weaker or making excuses yeah. or whatever the case or is you tanked during a game exactly or something like that. exactly yeah, yeah. and the biggest thing for me is that I don't think there's enough discussions around it, even from a, a team environment, like from mm. a, like management will know that we need a physio in a team. They'll know that we need an assistant coach to help with the tactical side of things. But no one ever addresses the fact that there's a huge mental struggle that comes with being a professional athlete, um, competing at an international level. Um, and just this coming back from Spain was massive for me because like I said, I took the final place in quite personally mm. because I thought we came really close and there were one or two key moments in the game where I myself could have made better decisions mm. that could have maybe resulted in a better outcome. Mm. Um, and just trying to work through that and it comes with a lot of things like 
um, I don't know if you saw in the clip, but I mentioned that something as simple as going for a run or going to the gym, which are things that normally actually get me out of bad spaces when I'm struggling with work or whatever the case is. I normally am able to just go for a run and then I'm, my head is cleared or I can go for an extra gym session and I'm good. Those are other things that I didn't want to do because that's what I associate with hockey. And I'm like, your hockey's not going well at the moment. Yeah, so you just... It's 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 a whole mess. So I needed to. I mean, I was in therapy full time in 2016 mm. for the whole year because there was just a lot going on. Yeah. Um. And I just now coming back from Spain, actually went back to see my sports psychologist just to get a different perspective and get some form of assistant to just say, you you are still a good hockey player. You can still play. Yeah. Believe yeah, it or not, yeah. regardless of what's going on, you can actually come back from this. Um. And yeah, I just I'm hoping that through Girls Only Project, I can create more conversations around it mm. maybe get some help from people who are involved in sport and who are dealing with similar struggles because I know there's many of us out there yeah um, I think it's great man I, I think um, it's mental gym therapy is mental gym uh, I went through a period myself where I didn't even want to write mm. which is diabolical for me I mean <laughs> to be a sports author writer and journalist is impossible if you don't want to get up and write but it happens I can only imagine if you're in a pressure environment mm. where you have to perform and I mean if if I had a camera on me while I write <laughs> people would call me all sorts of names um, but uh, lastly how do you juggle your I mean being the vice captain of the national team as well as being a chartered accountant as well as being a gym bunny and you know doing all these passion projects at the same time like do you not self uh, sort of um, you put yourself under pressure maybe at times to do a little bit more than you can do and you're 26 years old which is another thing that blows my mind is that at 26 lordy lord lord knows what I was doing so, <laughs> so yeah how do you how do you juggle so many balls in the air um, it's actually funny because my sports psychologist and I were discussing this just last week yeah um, and he said you need to realize that you're not invincible and you need to <laughs> bad time bad time I'd say um, yeah. yeah so my biggest thing is I think I've got a great support structure around me um, a lot of the people that I surround myself with really okay. believe in who I am and what I can do and yeah. my brand um, so I mean PwC has been very supportive I've gotten ridiculous amounts of sports leaves so that I can play hockey right. um, my national coach Rob has been great in terms of understanding that listen I may not be able to come to this camp but when I do come to this camp I'm going to be really good and I'll make sure that I'm still trying to keep up with my training sessions, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, so that on its own makes a massive difference because you're not then trying to convince the people around you to let you go do what you love. Um, and then the second thing is my support system at home. My mm. mom, my brothers, they they believe in me 150%, okay. which makes the world of a difference. That um, yeah. I, I'm a very... Are you a last born? I'm a first born, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right, I'm a first right. born. Um, and... I'm I'm very in tune with my emotions. So yeah. like, if I want to cry, I cry. Yeah. And my mom's very, like encourages that a lot, and she says, yeah. if you're crying, at least I know you're managing and you like you you're dealing with what's coming. Right, right. Whereas if I sort of continue in auto mode, then when it hits me, it hits me really hard. Um, so I think the biggest thing is the support structures I have around me, and then just self belief, knowing yeah. that no matter how tough it is, I'm actually living out my dream. I'm doing exactly what 10-year-old me wanted to do. And that's the best motivation for me. And I genuinely feel like 
I can conquer whatever I want to conquer with that belief. Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> 10 year old you is doing way better <laughs> than I'm sure you even expected. But thank you so much for coming into the Sports Life podcast. Fascinating conversation. I wish it was a lot longer, but I will take these 20 odd minutes uh, that you spent with us and run with it. I uh, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, sweet. It's been awesome. All right, that's a wrap. That's it for me, Spoom Chigeliso, and you've been listening to the Sports Live podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Do also catch us on timeslive.co.za, as well as Sowetan Live, Business Live. We are also on Iono FM, the Apple Podcast Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Pocket Cast, wherever. To connect with us, please use the hashtag Sports Live. Share your comments with us at Times Live or at Sowetan Live on Twitter. A big thank you goes out to the multimedia live team led by Scott Peter Smith and producer Paige Muller, as well as the Tiso Blackstar Digital Sports Department, headed by Mninawa Mchana Ntoko. Our sound and audio mixer is Innocent Manike. From us at the Sports Live podcast, it's goodbye for now. <laughs>